Hey guys, welcome back to the Cruciform Life Podcast. This is a discussion-based podcast where three friends get together and talk about what a surrendered life to Jesus looks like in our everyday life, the ups and downs of doing life together. If you are to be a man of God, how you view the world and everything in it will be colored by the truth of His Word and His Son. Welcome back to our second episode in season two. Uh, we are talking on the topic of steadfastness, and we're excited to talk about this conversation here. Um, in our five months off, our, our little sabbatical there, you know, we've had some time to chew the cud per se, and you know, have some conversations and, and kind of go back and forth on some topics. And the topic of steadfastness uh, really came to me personally. I was driving to my to my job and um you know I, I just kind of cruising and listening to worship music and um there was just this one time that you know specifically that you know the Lord really spoke to me and you know I set my car to cruise control you know just to be a constant speed and you know not trying to get to work any sooner than I necessarily have to be but how many uh, miles over the speed limit uh always at 59 to 60 somewhere in that range so not too bad Always. Come on. Sixties my limit. I don't go too much. When it's on cruise, I mean I push the pedal faster sometimes, but sixties my limit too. Sixty cruise control cruise control. Man. (laughs) Probably see him passing you. But um, Oh man, I feel like such a sinner right now. Like I feel like a heathen for going sixty two. We'll talk about that off air, (laughs) I guess. No. You're good then. He's got stickers. Nine nine you're fine, ten you're mine, baby. That's right. Um but anyways, the the Lord really kind of gave me this picture, and um, you know, to be a person like my vehicle at that time was I was going at constant speed, you know, just driving along constant speed, not veering left, not veering right, you know, not slowing down, not speeding up, um, you know, as the cars were, you know, zooming past me and you trying know to get things to the donut like that. Shop. Trying to get the donut shop, um, you know, and the Lord really just gave me this picture of just being a constant, like being steady in life, right? And, and the definition of steadfastness is the quality of being resolutely and dutifully firm and unwavering. And man, I want to be unwavering. You know, that, that imagery of driving your car at a constant speed, right? As life flies past us or, you know, things happen in this life, like to just be constant, right? The goal is to be chase after Christ, right? So, so envision you're driving down a highway, maybe you are right now and your cruise control is just ongoing one constant speed. Nothing changes with the speed that you're going. You're constant, Mm -hmm. right? One could say that you're consistent, right? That you're steady on the path and we don't waver, right? As Christians, like that should be our goal is to not waver from the truth of God's word, mm. right? To, to be consistent in God's word and who God is, no matter what life throws at us, right? Even if we occasionally have to hit our brakes and slow down because we hit those speed bumps, right? The goal is to continue to move forward towards Christ yeah, and, and to be constantly looking at him as the answer for everything. And I think it is in Romans 15, five, it says, may the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus. In another translation, same, 
same scripture says, may God who gives patience and steadiness and encouragement help you to live in complete harmony with each other. And man, I want to be like God who gives patience to others, who's steady, who's the same at all times. You know, I think, and I watch my, my boys are growing up and, you know, I want to be a steady dad and I'm not always, I'm not always, but I want to be, I want to be somebody who's going to be the same, you know, voice to them. Like God is for us, right? Like that mm-hmm. he's our heavenly father and he's the same, same voice. Now that doesn't mean he's not angry at times, right? Mm-hmm. He's not, you know, he's always just, he's a just God, but he's a consistent, steady, patient, encouraging voice that we should be in everything that we do, right? From fatherhood to um, being husbands to being friends. Like I want to be, I want to be the same to you guys as as friends in front of you as I would when I'm not around you. Yeah. Right. Like I want to be the same leader I am in front of my small group that I, you know, hope to be when I'm not around my small group. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not living this like you know, double life or, you know, think of double agents, right? Like yeah. living one life <laughs> and then, you know, you, you walk at a church and you live a different life and man, we're, we're all guilty of that. You know, yeah. like we're guilty of, uh, of doing that, but the overall life, you know, this conversation we were having before we, we kicked off this season was, you know, talking about some really key players in our church, you know, people that have been around from like the get go, like 30, 40, 50 years, and we all kind of echoed the same thing of we want to be like them. Mm-hmm. Like in 30, 40, 50 years, we want to say, you know, Mike, Ben, and Pat are like, they're key pillars in the church. Yeah. And they've been around for decades. You know, yep. like that's that's like where my heart is behind this this topic and this conversation of, of being steady and steadfastness. So I just want to open the floor to you guys and, and get your thoughts on um, what it means to you guys to be steadfast, what, you know, if you had any other scriptures that, that might, you know, echo those, those thoughts, but. Yeah. I mean, I think that when you, when you bring up Romans 15, I don't know, for some reason, I feel like there's so many conversations that I have with my wife right now that we keep going back to Romans 15 (laughs) and, you know, you look at how the, the ESV, you know, breaks it up and gives the title to the, the chapter itself. And it's like the example of Christ. You right. know, and, and right. it's, you know, you look at, well, what is Paul really talking about through this? And, it, you know, you can go back and you can look, but Romans 15 is really just building on, you know, 14. And, you know, it's talking about how we who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. And I think that for me is sobering, you know, because of the fact that how, how do we remain steadfast? How do we remain steady? And, you know, I'm thinking of your analogy and, you know, your picture that you're painting for me of driving down the highway. I'm thinking about that. Well, yeah, I want to be constant too, but what happens when the car in front of me slams on their brakes Mm -hmm. How do we respond then? Right. You know, I remember when my wife and I were dating, we went to uh, Carousel, well, now Destiny, once, and we were looking for a parking spot. And I, I'm telling you, I, I can only imagine if she's listening to the, that she's already laughing because we, we sat there 
and the parking lot was packed and we're just sitting there cruising looking for a parking spot and literally someone just comes in like i had my blinker on and they just literally drive into the parking spot <laughs> and the, so we you know keep driving and it's just like i you know that you know the sinner in me wanted to be like dude like I wanted to get out of the car and yell and literally we keep driving and we're just going in circles and she looks at me and she's like, this should be a test for every single pastor. Literally like mm-hmm. you have to drive in this parking lot and how do you respond? You know? And the, the, the thing is that Christ tells us like troubles are going to come. Yeah, definitely. They're coming. They will. You know, it's like, if you think that this is just going to be your white picket fence, American dream, like you're off your rocker, the hard times are coming. But how, how do we do this? We set our eyes on Christ, just as you're saying. Yeah. And he is our example, you know, because the only way that I can sit here and when I read Romans 15 and, you know, as it says, you know, that may the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus. Well, there are two words just in that verse alone that sit there and hit me and it's, endurance and encouragement. Mm-hmm. God clearly is saying that to be steadfast, you have to have endurance. You have to be able to endure. And he is the one who allows us to do that. You know, it's nothing that we can work up in ourselves. I want to be a pillar. I want my wife to be a pillar. I want to serve our church faithfully for decades and, and to not, even though our heart is prone to wander in so many ways, like I want to do whatever is in my physical power to not do that but the only way that we can do that is by setting our eyes on christ yeah Yeah, and it's you know that that scripture talks about endurance right and Mm -hmm. and, you know i've heard a message is preached on that that verse specifically you know in in reference to you know it's not a sprint yeah right it's a marathon yeah you know and that's our life like it's not it's not a it's not the sprint to get to the to the finish line like that's our goal yeah but it's a marathon and there's going to be challenges and overcomings you get to mile 15 and you're out of breath and you're like all right i'll trust you more god (laughs) you know what i mean like that that's the reality of it you know and my scottish grandfather sinclair ferguson says that (laughs) there is this picture of the christian life as a long distance race and if you're going Mm -hmm. to finish complete the christian race there is one thing that is absolutely essential that you keep running that you keep going that you run through the pain barriers that you fix your eyes on what awaits you at the destination but that you are absolutely totally committed to enduring whatever pain or obstacle that there may be in the race yeah so good and that is something that is a scary thought because yes, we can set our car at cruise control, right? But we can't control what happens around our it's 100% car. Hundred percent correct. Yeah. How do we navigate those things that happen? Yeah. You know, how do we navigate a death in the family? Right. How do we navigate a friend leaving the church? How right. do we navigate friends getting you know divorced? Whatever, like family members getting divorced. Yeah. Even in our own homes, how do we navigate our own sin issues? Yeah. You know, and still remain that steady pillar. Yeah. And there's only one way. Right. To be totally committed to Christ, knowing that he came, he gave his righteousness to us. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he, his sitting on the throne in heaven, he did not count it as something to be grasped and held on to. He willingly came here to serve, you know, and to give us his righteousness and put us back in right standing with God. Yeah. I think that that's how we do it. That's the only way to do it. That's the only way we're able to be steady is because he is steady. 
mm-hmm. in the truth of God, you know. Um, I think to be steady, I say, is, is to strive to be faithful to God. I say strive. We want to be, but we can never be perfect, you know. Yeah. Right. It's to strive to be faithful to God no matter the season we may find ourselves in, no matter the storms that life may throw at us. We want to be steady, um, you know, whether it be in our church, at home, or in the grocery store, um, to be grounded in the truth of God through the Word and with the help of His Spirit. That is what it's about. Um, you know, I was just thinking about this when we posed this question, mm-hmm. um, what is steadiness? And I just, it kept coming back to me, this this craving for the will of God. It's, mm-hmm. it's no matter what life throws at us, I think steadiness comes from craving His will. Yeah, that's you know, good. It's, it's putting His will above mine at all times, you know, and obviously it's easier said than done. Oh, absolutely. It sounds good on a podcast, but where are we doing that in real life, you know? That's humbling. That, that's really, it's humbling for me because it's like how many times, like I'm, I'm just thinking back, as you said that, to Christ in the garden going to the cross, like, yeah. you know, Lord, if there, Father, if there's any way, let this cup pass from me, but, you know, nevertheless, your will be done. Be yeah, yeah, I, I mean, I hope, and I, you know, my goal is to have that be my response, but, you know, and I, I think that as I'm, you know, reading this, and just as you said, you know, whether it be in our home, in our church, in the workplace, grocery store, Etc. I I can't help but think back. I remember I heard a you know a big name female pastor say you know she was saying how we are ambassadors for Christ. Problem with what she said was you shouldn't go to the grocery store in sweatpants. You need to you need to put your best on. You need to you know make sure that you look like an ambassador of Christ when you go to the grocery store. You know, and she's I'm you know paraphrasing, and I don't want to take too many liberties, but it, I think that that's the problem with nominal cultural Christianity mm-hmm. now. Because if there's one place that we should not be putting our best on, it's as Christians. Mm-hmm. And it's in the church because, right? Yeah, that's good. You know, like how how can we ever expect to grow or to to grow in community if there's no pain? Yeah, if there's no vulnerability. The, yeah, if you just literally keep on saying like when someone says like how are you, you just think I'm good, bro. I'm good. Day in and day out. Yeah, you're not good. Like no, like no one is good all the time. No, really. <laughs> like really, you know. I think back to like even for me going through a hard season. I remember our pastor literally just meeting me at the welcome center you know I'd be like ben how you doing i'd be like i'm doing good and he'd be, he literally just in his way would look at me big really and like i'd be like yeah yeah and you know he let it go but there came a point where i'm like crap he saw it you know and it's like we literally the, the church is the one place that we should be literally letting it hang out mm-hmm. you know we don't need yeah, to get place. we don't need to get more followers in church like you know i'm not on social media but like we shouldn't be striving to get that like little what is it the verified thing next to your name mm-hmm. you know like dude like we be an ambassador for christ like actually share talk about how you're sharing in the sufferings that's what it says like yeah. you know to be safe like sharing the sufferings of christ not wear your Prada bag to the grocery store. You know what I'm saying? Like that doesn't make you a Christian. You know, John Bunyan says that there's a, there's a place that, that fruit doesn't grow because there is no winter. Mm. And 
I don't know about you guys, but that our troubles, our pains, the things that come, the cars slamming on the brakes on the highway, those are the things that keep us steady. Right. When we submit to the will, as you said, Pat, then when we submit to the will of God more than our own, you know, we, we as Christian men, especially need to be learning from these experiences that come and saying like, all right, Lord, what are you trying to teach me here? You know, like we, so many times it's like, God, like, why is this happening? Why is this happening? It's like, why don't we change the, the way that we're looking at the pain and say like, God, why can't you take this pain away or change to, all right, what are you trying to teach me? Because what you're trying to teach me is probably going to impact my children. It's probably going to impact my wife. It's probably going to, yeah, it's, it's probably going to impact my small group members, the Bible study members that come that like are looking to us to lead. Like all three of us are leaders. Like we have people and that's something that we can't take lightly is that, you know, we, there are people looking to us and that steadiness, you know, it's built by pain in my opinion. I'm going to get off the soapbox, but I just wanted to share this last Sinclair Ferguson quote, but you know, he, he says, in order to endure, you need to have your eyes riveted on Jesus Christ. People will come and say, now there must be another way. Can't you just take the pain away? I didn't want that. I wanted somebody who would help me by making my life a little easier so that my Christian life could be easier. And he goes on to say, my dear friends, where did we get the idea that Christian life is easy? It's not meant to be easy. It was meant to be hard because what God is doing in your life is not trivial. It it is utterly impossible and it takes massive pressure to produce it. You know, and yeah, it, he goes on to say, like, it's, it, it can't be easy. It, it has to be hard because it cost God his own son to be able to complete what he had to do. You right. know, and that to me, the, I think that the, the way you get to the 30, 40 years, it's a scary thought. I remember we, I think we shared this in an episode in season one that Alistair Begg said, you know, you look at these pastors and these elders that you esteem so much, but like they got there by pain, <laughs> you know, you only grow in your spiritual maturity, like sanctification is not fun. Mm-hmm. Like no one ever said like, Oh, sign me up for sanctification. Yeah, this is great. Like, is, it's not, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's, it's awful. It's, but it's actually glorious and beautiful at the same time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That quote is, is so good. I remember, you know, a couple of years back, you know, I remember walking in the house one day after it been crazy, crazy, crazy season of like one thing after the next, like, like overlapping and then duplicated. And then, you know, it's like one of those seasons where it was like every little thing that could go wrong, did go wrong, plus more, you know? And then I remember like being so frustrated. I just like turned around to my wife one day and I was just, and I walked in the house. I was like, man, I just wanted to be like easy for a little while. <laughs> and I li- like those words literally yeah. came out of my like word yeah. for word verbatim. Like, I just want my life to be easy for a little bit. Yeah. Like I was like talking about like a week, like yeah. no problems for a week. I would have like been happy as a clam, you know, and, and I don't think the next week was any easier to be honest with you, but probably got harder. Um, it, it probably got harder to be honest with you. But, you know, I think about that quote that you just read, Ben, and it's challenging to me because I think as American Christians, we see Christianity as like, almost like a golden ticket. Oh yeah. You know, of like, Willy Wonka, my life's going to be better. Because I have Christ in it. It will. But the better is a different, it's a different definition. It's a different definition than you were looking for to begin with. You know, like our our definition of our life's going to be better is, you know, all our debts paid off and we have, you know, (laughs) nice cars and, you know, we're got kids and white pick offense and, you know, all that, like the American dream, quote unquote, you know, and, and I think Christians unfortunately have adopted that as the Christian American dream, you know, and the reality is, sure, that might be where God has placed you. 
you know, for a reason, you know, I, I believe everyone's in a, in a mission field of their own, but did you ask God where you're supposed to be? You know? Yeah. And, and I think about that, that question often is like, am I where am I, am I where I am supposed to be right now? You know? And if, and if I don't feel peace behind that question, then I know something's not right. Yeah. You know? And I love, I love Dave Ramsey. I really do. I think he's got a lot of great stuff. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but what's his, what's his tagline there? Like live, it's like, live, um, like nobody else now, you, so you can give like nobody else later. Or? Yeah, it's something along. It's those something lines. along those lines. But yeah. like, the whole premise of what I'm trying to get is like, it, there, there's putting this emphasis that it's gonna be better. Mm. You know, get your debt paid off, because you know you're gonna have all these things once you get your debt paid off. But I don't think that like in his, he doesn't account for what happens when, you know, the furnace blows. You know, and I uh, think that's that, that's his thousand dollar emergency fund. Yeah. All right. So the that's baby step one. <laughs> okay. So I'm not even getting to baby step one, but my point is yeah. what happens when the family in your church literally it has a fire and right, loses right. literally yeah. everything. Yeah. You know, where, what's that coming out of? Right. And I'm not advocating for not no, having no. a budget. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not, yeah. this isn't about generosity or whatever. The point is that like this whole premise of get out of debt or not have these problems, this white picket fence Christianity, mm. it's not real. Right. It's, right. it's fake. Yeah. It's, yeah. and that's, you know, that goes back to the Pharisees, dude. Like that literally goes back to, yeah. I love what our pastor said in one of the sermons in our Mark series. He's like, God's not against tradition. He's against the empty tradition, yeah. you know? And it's like, it's about the heart. Yeah. It's literally like, he, he wants our hearts. Yeah. And as men, as leaders of our home, as we lead our wives, like he wants our heart, our children, like they want our heart, Yeah. you know? And I, I just think that we have this fallacy, uh, cause I've been there. Like we all have said, yeah, like, yeah. I just want this to be easy. Like I yeah. don't want to deal with the problems, but like, that's just this white picket fence that like, yeah, it's the mentality of, yeah. of easiness and. It's easy to get there when you're in the midst of frustration of life, right? Yeah. You know, and I, and I often think of, you know, the Israelites as they were fleeing from Egypt, right? And they're they're butted up against the Red Sea. Yeah. And they're like, crap, what are we going to do? <laughs> yeah. You know, and obviously, like, God brings down, like, you know, smoke and, you know, you know, hides them from the Egyptians for a while. But, like, imagine being one of the Israelites in that moment. Yeah. Like, God, you brought us out here to essentially die, like, is their thought process. Yeah. And God doesn't take them out of that challenge, like, right then and there. Like, they sit there for a while. (laughs) And I bet you they could hear the chariots. I bet you they could hear the horses. I bet you they could hear the Egyptians screaming and yelling. And not to mention the children that I'm sure that are crying and, you know, the old and the sick that are with them. Like, you know, it'd be a scary moment. And... God doesn't take them out of that moment in an easy way. Like he splits the Red Sea, right? Which is is a miracle in and of itself for what would have taken quite a while to get that many people across, like Mm -hmm. miracle in and of itself. But still that journey across Mm -hmm. dry ground, like still like walls of water up around, like he didn't take them out of that storm, yeah, right? Like he helped them through it, yeah, right? And that's the reality of our life is like, what are we leaning on to? 
when storms hit and, and good times too. But like, mm-hmm. you know, it's hyper-focused during the bad times. It's, it's either you're shaking your fist at God or you're getting on your knees and say, God, I trust you through this. Yeah. Right. Like that's the reality. Like that's where we are with, as Christians, we have those two options, yeah. right? We say, God, you can, you can have my life in whatever way that looks like. Or we get mad and frustrated at God and we turn our back. Yeah. Right. And I think my favorite Israelite moment is when they're like, we should go back to Egypt. Yeah. You know, like we had it better there. We had it better there. Yeah. And it's like that. We miss it. We miss it. There's that white picket fence mentality in a sense, you know, like of we have everything we need. We're comfortable. A stagnant pool, you know, kind of flashing back there to what I said in episode, you know, one of this season. But if you don't have trials in your life, are you growing? You know, as an athlete, if you're going to the gym, if you don't have pain, right, and and, and going beyond your normal limitation, are your muscles going to grow? Right. And you don't see like if you start lifting weights, you don't see that progress day one. You don't see it day two. And in the reality is you actually never really see your progress unless you take a picture from now and look back six months. It's a slow process. And your day to day like visualization of your progress, you actually can't see it because what you've gained yesterday and what you're looking at tomorrow, you don't see that difference. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the reality of of our, our walk with Christ. Like. I look back 10 years ago at my walk with God and it's vastly different. I look at my walk with God yesterday. doesn't look that much different. You know what I mean? Like, but in 20, 30, 40 years, gosh, I hope I'm further down the line. You know what I mean? Like that should be the hope. And I know in my, in my young life already, I've had many challenges and, and, you know, sickness and, you know, different things like what's to come. I don't know. Do I live in fear? Absolutely not because I trust in Christ. I know there's going to be moments that I'm probably going to be mad and frustrated and unfortunately, you know, probably shake my fist and say, why God, I want it to be easier. But the reality is, is I've learned that the only thing that I have hope in is Christ and Christ alone. Yeah. Amen. And as Christians, as Christian men, as Christians in general, like that should be our focus. doesn't matter if I live for Christ or die for Christ, right? Like, both are gain. Yeah. Right? Like Paul says, like, to live as Christ, to die is gain, right? Like, the reality of that is our end goal is to not live happy in retirement. Yeah. Our end goal is not to drive a Maserati or a souped-up car. Like, some of you might have that goal, and that's cool. Ben had that goal back in the day, probably. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, those aren't bad goals. Like, nothing's wrong with those things. But if that's our only goal, then that's a problem. Yeah. Right. Like if, if we're not focused on how we can glorify God in and through everything we are and everything that we have, yeah. then we're missing the point of what the gospel talks about and Amen. what Christ died on the cross for. Mm-hmm. So being steady in our life will look different for each and every single person. I think, Yeah, you know, like what you guys have to be steady with is different than what I have to be steady with simply because we're different people. Mm-hmm. We live different lives. You know, like you have your own family. I have my own family. You have a different job than I do. Like you interact with people that I will never interact with. Like being steady in our lives individually and being steady as a community of believers, it's important. It's important to our own lives and it's important to our community because when when one pillar starts to fall, if there's three, four, five, a hundred other pillars surrounding the, the building's not going to fall down. Yeah. Right. Because that one pillar fell, right? Like that's when the other pillars reach down and pull that pillar up, you know, and say, come on, let's 
continue this race together. You know, there's, there's, there's beauty in the body of, of believers and there's beauty in community that points and pushes and pulls towards Christ and, and all that, yeah. that we do together. But, you know, it, it goes to the, the conversation of, you know, the, each, each person, each member brings up an important part of the body. Mm-hmm. Right. Like you have a different job than, than I do. And you know, the, the eye has a different job than your, your left pinky toe, right? The left pinky toe might seem insignificant in comparison to the eye, but you take that pinky toe off. I bet you're going to probably lose your balance pretty quick. You know what I mean? Could still probably live with, without either one of those, but the body works better together. Right. And being steady in what we do personally in our own lives continues to build the body and a greater glorification of who Christ is. Thanks guys for joining us on this episode of the Cruciform Life. Just wanted to make mention to check us out on our social media pages and give us a follow and subscribe to our podcast.